Welcome to Between the Two of Us. I'm Jen Alley. I'm a licensed professional counselor, and my goal is to make therapeutic concepts and neurobiology accessible while normalizing your experience as a human being. In these episodes, I offer practical strategies to improve your relationships and your life. Thanks so much for tuning in. Let's dive into today's episode. Do you feel like you and your partner have fallen into routines of co-managing, but you are missing that connection and spark? Are you wanting to feel closer to your partner? If so, I have created a free download for you that has specific and practical ideas for creating more connection and intimacy in your relationship. It also has links to additional resources that will be helpful for you to read and listen to. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes called I want to feel closer to my partner or DM me the word relationship on Instagram to receive this PDF download. Hello friends and welcome back to Between the Two of Us. It is Valentine's Day, so I thought we would focus again today on relationships. Last week we talked a little bit more about practical strategies and tools and things you should do and things you shouldn't do if you want to have a healthier, happier relationship based on the research. Today we're going to go a little bit deeper into relationships and talk about the things that often get in the way of us being able to be close to our partner. But we're also going to talk about what we can do in order to identify these things that are creating maybe unhealthy patterns and what we can do and then also how to repair when these things come up. So even in really healthy and happy relationships, we all have conflict at different times And we have, you know, relational missteps, times where things are, you know, maybe going along fine and then something happens and maybe we have, or our partner has kind of what feels like an oversized reaction or they really go into kind of shut down or lashing out or trying to people please, right? There's some sort of response or reaction that happens as a result of whatever the rupture was or seemingly so. And what I want to say is, is that a lot of times the relational challenges that come up in partnerships actually aren't about the thing, right? It's like, we're not talking about the thing. We're talking about what's underneath of it. And that might kind of sound silly or weird, but it's almost always true that when there is some sort of rupture, there's usually something deeper going on that is getting triggered. And so I want to talk to you about why that is and again, what we can do about it. So we all have relational wounds, right? From our history, from our past. And when we are really small, right? These sort of disappointments, hurts, feeling overwhelmed or feeling alone. And, you know, once something has happened, they cause what's called a wounded child part. And that part stays within us to some degree throughout our lives, right? There, there's, it's something in us that knows like when this thing happens, I will be abandoned or when this thing happens, no one will care or no one really cares about my feelings, right? So there's probably a ton of different knowings that those wounded parts could have. 
And when something happens in our lives in present day with our partner or with someone else that touches that old wound, right? That wounded part gets kind of activated, but that's not usually the part that we bring into our relationship. Instead, it's usually what we call an adaptive child part. And that is the part that has learned a way to cope with some of these wounds. So relational traumas happen in small or big ways, right? So our adaptive child part is the part of us that has learned how to stay in connection and stay safe with our caregivers and our family of origin. And it sounds, and it is actually very helpful that we have these parts, but many times the way they manifest in our adult life is they are knee-jerk responses when something happens that our brains and our bodies perceive as dangerous. So we might go into a fight or a flight or a fixed response. And so the ways that we learn to survive as a child, and again, even in healthy families, there are times where our emotional and needs are not met as a child and maybe much worse, right? Maybe you grew up in a family where there was much more trauma or much more violence or overt neglect. So, but I just want to say, even if you grew up in a family where things were pretty good, there are still times where your emotional needs were not met and then you have learned how to cope with that. So, The adaptive child essentially was developed to protect the wounded child part. And what's important about this adaptive child part is is that while it is adaptive, right, it's coherent, it makes sense that we have it, it really lives in the past. It's not living in present time. It's trying to protect that wounded child part from feeling pain. It only cares about self-protection. It is not worried about the relationship in the moment, right? It is only worried about protecting that part of us that is, you know, that knows something about that pain. So it's really not willing to learn new skills. It's a much more sort of black and white, either or rigid part of us. And I'm going to list some of its traits. And I want you just to check in with yourself to think about When you have some sort of rupture, it could be in a relationship, in your relationship with your partner or with a child or with other people. I want you to notice if you can, can feel this adaptive child part in you when you think about those relationships, when there is conflict or when something upsetting happens. So adaptive child traits, again, black and white, perfectionistic, rigid, harsh, very sort of certain or like, oh, I know exactly what I, you know, what I think. There's not a lot of flexibility there, right? It, a lot of times when we're experiencing it, we feel tightness in our body. We might feel activated with our, you know, heart beating faster, feel hot in our face. The adaptive child is very much a short-term thinker. In other words, it is not concerned about the future of the relationship. It is only concerned about preserving itself in the moment. 
And I do want to say real quick, a lot of what I am talking about comes directly from Terry Reel's work. He is a couples therapist and educator, um, and he talks a lot about this. And so this is coming from his stuff. So again, why don't you just take a moment to reflect and notice, oh yeah, do when do these parts show up for me? Like when do I go into a more rigid, harsh or withdraw, you know, or shut down? When do I go into the, that place? So again, we all have this adaptive child part and it's not a bad part, right? It's a very adaptive part that we have for good reason. It's just that it's not always serving our present day relationship well. So now let's talk about our wise adult part. This is the part that we cultivate more in therapy. So the wise adult part is more nuanced, right? It is more realistic. It's not so black and white. It understands that there's multiple perspectives. It's more forgiving and flexible and warm. It's more concerned about the present moment, about the relationship at hand. It's more likely to be able to repair, to be able to, you know, accept influence from our partner to be yielding and humble. And in that part, when we're in that, our wise all part, we feel more relaxed, right? We can still breathe. It's again, more focused on like the long-term impact and effects. So what I want to say before we talk about, you know, how to cultivate more of this wise adult part is, is that we all get hijacked, right? At some different times, our adaptive child part is going to hijack us. And, you know, the more maybe like we are not rested or we're hungry or, you know, we're just exhausted or we're stressed, the more likely we are going to be to get hijacked. Um, But also when something really touches something in us that feels familiar to our bodies and our brains, and again, we might not even be aware of it, but when something feels familiar, like, oh, I know this feeling of pain or hurt or betrayal or rejection, and then we get that like, or that shutdown, right? And that goes back to our adaptive child part. So... This is where, you know, trauma counseling, couples counseling, again, as I mentioned in last week's episode, the importance of working with a therapist who works experientially to bring this alive in session is really important because, again, we can talk about strategies all day, but if we are not bringing it up and then practicing in real time, it's very difficult to learn how to do something different because our bodies are experiential, right? They, they, we are responding and reacting in the moment based on our experience. When we just talk about something that is using just our brain, oftentimes our left hemisphere to talk about something in a rational and logical way, which is awesome, right? That is psychoeducation. That's education, but that is not necessarily going to be able to shift things for us in the heat of the moment. So I love what Terry Real says about his trainings in general and about his work. He says, other workshops teach you skills, which again, super important. We need skills. We need to know what to do and what not to do in relationships, which is what we talked about last week. 
But Terry Real says, we deal with a part of you that won't use them. And so that is the part that gets triggered or activated in the moment that is going to have a default to react in the moment for out of a place of self-protection. So what we want to do, right, is we want to learn how to move out of this kind of more rigid, harsh, unforgiving place when we are activated and instead move into a place where we are responding from our wise adult part, where we are stopping and reflecting and thinking and being able to, you know, use our brains to focus more on the relationship, to be able to lean into collaboration and to move into a place of concern for the future and the health and wellness of the relationship, not just for the protection of the self in the moment. So through deep individual work, through nurturing, you know, that part of us, that wounded part of us, through learning how to soothe ourselves in the moment and to pay attention and watch when we are becoming activated, this is how we learn to go against this sort of impulsive way of being. And we learn how to move into more of a relational and wise adult part of ourselves. So ultimately, what I want you to know is that, you know, we cannot stop ourselves from being triggered. Um, when we are triggered by something, it is a felt full body experience reacting in the moment as though the danger is present. And what we need to do is we need instead to learn how to manage ourselves where we are to learn how to self-soothe and to notice when we're getting triggered. So when we are triggered, that is being activated by lower parts of our brains that feel like they become on fire very quickly. And again, when you when your adaptive child part is the part that you're operating from, it feels fast, it feels necessary. It feels important. It feels like I must in this moment do this thing in order to protect myself. And it feels right. So I wonder if you could just think about a time where there's a conflict or there was something hard that happened in a relationship where you reacted from your adaptive child part, that part again, that only cares about self-protection. And I want you to notice what you did. And how in that moment, that felt like the absolute only option that felt like the right thing to do. So I think it's important to know that when we are in this triggered state, when we are operating primarily from our adaptive child part, communication and conflict management skills are completely inaccessible to us. We are not in a place where we can work toward the health and betterment of the relationship because our brain, the part of our brain that thinks and that can have compassion and that is, you know, wise and logical is completely hijacked. It's offline. And so if you think about like, I don't know if you have kids, but if you think about your kids when they're fighting, like in that moment, right, it is not possible for them to 
try to repair or try. And if they say they're sorry, it's not usually like a sincere apology in that moment because they are hijacked by feeling like I am right and I have to defend myself or protect myself in some way. So the adaptive child part, I think is important to say that the adaptive child part, its mission is to protect the self. It's like you against me and me against you. We are against one another. And so when we're triggered in this way, it really feels like we are just in a fight for our own protection and our own survival. So our adaptive parts essentially are fighting like immature kids. And that makes sense. Again, there's, we're not talking badly about this part of our self because it is adaptive, but it is not helpful in terms of relationships. So let's talk about like, well, what can we do? As I mentioned before, in order to heal some of those wounded parts, you are likely going to need some therapy. And again, experiential therapy where we can really bring that part into the room. But there are strategies that can help you in the moment when that part of you is triggered. So let's talk about that. First of all, one of the things that Terry Real talks about, and again, he's the creator of relational life therapy, is the importance of a time out in relationship. And we're not talking again about the kind of time out where you slam the door and you storm off and you, you know, are essentially stonewalling or like shutting your partner out. Instead, this is a very intentional thing where you have realized that you are triggered. And how do we realize that we're triggered? Well, for you, I want you to take a minute and again, think about a time where you felt really dysregulated or upset when there was a conflict and notice your own cues that tells you, oh, my prefrontal cortex, the part of my thinking brain that can be rational and logical is no longer online. So for me, I definitely default into black and white, all or nothing thinking like the relationship is over. We're never going to figure this out. We're never going to be close again. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't ever have those thoughts, right? Those parts still get triggered in me from time to time. What's different now is, is that most of the time, even if I'm thinking them, I am able to watch myself think them. And I know that I won't always feel that way. I know that this is just a reaction in this moment to feeling hurt and feeling upset. And I know that once I have calmed down, that it will be okay. But that is a tell for me that like, I am not in my wise owl brain. I am not in, you know, my functional adult part of my brain. Instead, I am in that adaptive child part. So I wonder, what are your cues? Other cues for my body personally are a lot of times my heart starts kind of racing. I start to maybe want to either like pursue to like figure this out or I totally want to withdraw and shut down. And so notice like what are your cues that you are no longer in your functional brain? And just by beginning to notice that and pay attention to that, you're going to be more likely to be able to do something different. So excited to tell you about the sponsor for today's show, Real TIT. They specialize in websites for real estate, but they are also able to design a custom website for any industry. 
they just created a new custom website for me that I absolutely love. You can check it out at jenalley.com. To learn more, visit RealtyIT, that's R-E-A-L-T-Y-I-T.com and fill out a contact form to get started on creating your dream website. I will link RealtyIT as well as my own new website in the show notes so you can check it out. Now back to the show. I did want to say too that we talked more about this particular way of learning to watch your own mind in episode five. It was called How Conscious Awareness Can Improve Your Life and Relationships. And that dropped on January 10th, 2024. So I would recommend going back and listening to that episode for more on watching your own mind. So again, the the thing we want to do then is like we want to notice in the moment that, oh, I am no longer in my wise adult functional brain. Now, here's the next thing we need to do is we need to know without a shadow of a doubt that continuing to pursue trying to figure this out or convince the other person in this moment is not going to be helpful. Like we are not, nothing good happens once our prefrontal cortexes are offline. Once we have flipped our lid, nothing good happens. So this is when we want to call a timeout. So Terry Real talks a lot about taking a responsible time out, and I'm not going to go into all of his 10 commandments today for timeouts, but I will link that in the show notes so you can read through his suggestions of helpful and appropriate timeouts. But I do want to say that taking a responsible timeout can be a huge help in order to not say or do something that is going to be harmful for the relationship. It's a time where we can cool down, calm down, and then when we can get back into our functional adult brain, when we can feel more of our prefrontal cortex online, we are going to be able to problem solve, to be focused more on the we, on the relationship, instead of just protecting myself as the I. So we know that in general, for your body to calm down and come back to a regulated state, it's about 20 minutes at least. And that is when you are not feeling like you're just stewing on it and thinking about your partner and how they're wrong, right? This is a time when you're able to really take a thoughtful break, right? Where you are walking or writing or taking some deep breaths. So it is important though that you check in again with your person and it could be by text message, it could be in person, it could be by calling. And so we don't want to just leave our partner hanging and leave the house and then not check in with them for hours and hours, right? Like that is very hard for the other person usually and very triggering in and of itself. And then that brings a whole nother layer of conflict in. So instead, right, we want to be sure to kind of check in and sometimes, right, if there is something really, really triggering or upsetting, you might need like 24 hours in order to revisit the subject or you might need to seek help, right? Like there, it might just be too much. And as I mentioned last week, the really great thing about having a a couples therapist is that you add another nervous system. So it adds more safety 
to the room in order to talk about some of these harder things. One of the things that Terry Real also says that I think is really important and helpful is that there is no redeeming value in harshness. In other words, when we can be compassionate and kind, things will go better for ourselves, for our partner, for our children. So harshness does not bring about the results that we want. So many of us have learned how to be harsh with ourselves and maybe to be shaming with ourselves. But I love what Terry Real says. And he says, there is nothing that harshness does that loving firmness doesn't do better. And so that is true for both how we are with ourselves as well as how we are with other people, including our partner and our kids. So again, there is nothing that harshness does that loving firmness doesn't do better. But in order to access that loving, firm part of ourselves, that part of us that can be compassionate, that can be kind, right? We have to have our prefrontal cortex engaged. So as a reminder, right? The way that we do this is we begin to first notice and observe that we are not that, that we are feeling dysregulated, that we are feeling upset. The second step is going to be to maybe take a time out or take a break in order to resettle. Now, if you aren't completely hijacked in the moment, you might be able to take a few deep breaths to notice your body in the chair, to look out the window, right? Our lower brain, again, speaks in movement and in sensation. And so that's a part of our brain that we need to speak to. And we do that by grounding it in the present moment by helping to calm and soothe our systems and to let it know that we are not actively in danger. But I will tell you, if your partner is yelling at you or saying unkind things, it is likely that your body is responding as though it is in danger, which is why sometimes we need a timeout in order for both of us to be able to calm down and to regulate again. So to sum it up, we want to step one, notice when we are dysregulated. We want to notice when our prefrontal cortex is being hijacked and we are beginning to operate from a more defensive or black and white or rigid perspective. Step two, if it's possible, if we haven't totally flipped our lid and we can notice and we can ground ourselves and we can take a few deep breaths, we can look outside, we can, again, that lower part of our brain, right, speaks in movement and sensation. So if we can do something to soothe our nervous system and to regulate, then we can continue in the, in the you know, conflict or in the conversation. If not, right, if we notice that like, whoa, I'm totally hijacked, I'm really operating from this adaptive child part, we want to take a responsible time out. We want to communicate to our partner that we need a time out, but that we will return. Step four, once we have, you know, soothed ourselves, we're back in our wise owl brain, we're more ready to focus on the relationship versus having our own self-interest, you know, that we're trying to protect or defend. Step four, while we're taking this time out, we want to check in with our partner so we, you know, they don't feel abandoned. And step five, we're going to come back together once we have our prefrontal cortex back online, we're operating from our wise functional adult brain. 
And we want to come back together, be able to focus more on the relationship. That is the goal is the health of the relationship. I often ask couples instead of what do you need or what do you need? It's sort of like, what does the relationship need in this moment? And also we want to accept influence from our partner and we might need to repair, right? I'm so sorry for X, Y, and Z. Um, We want to you know, repair in various ways that might look like physical touch, that might look like apologizing, but we want to move back into a position of we are both on the same team working for the health and wellness of the relationship. So I just want to say one more time that, you know, individual counseling, couples counseling, deep work can be really important to learn how to nurture our wounded inner child and learn how to kind of heal some of those parts. But that said, we are probably going to be triggered again at some point in our relationship just because, you know, there's all these experiences that lie beneath the surface of our awareness. And if they were before the age of five, they were likely pre-verbal and we might not even have conscious memory of those experiences. But in the moment of conflict or upset, right, those parts might get touched and then we move into a adaptive child reaction. So we can really learn to transform ourselves, though, through learning how to notice when these parts are getting touched through healing and learning how to nurture and soothe ourselves. Um, Might sound kind of woo-woo or cheesy, but by learning how to really have compassion for ourselves, we're much more able to regulate our nervous system and to be with ourselves in a helpful way. Because, you know, if you're shaming yourself or really critical of yourself, you're just continuing to operate from that adaptive child part. And it is just continuing the activation, which, again, makes it hard in the context of relationships. So part of that functional adult part isn't just for our partner's sake, right, or wise adult part. It's also for ourselves. It's so that way we can be more forgiving and flexible even within our own nervous system. So something else that might be a little bit helpful is to watch for cues that you or your partner is becoming really dysregulated or moving into a position of operating from their adaptive child part. In my office, I see couples, you know, start to cross their arms, start to sigh, maybe roll their eyes right? So there's these different cues that let us know that something is getting triggered in them. And so you might even just start to notice and watch that within yourself. So an important practice for you to take from today might be just to start again, watching yourself and just go inside and notice like what's happening inside of me. What am I noticing right now? Because the more electricity, even if you don't know, if you're like, I don't even know, right? It doesn't matter. The point is, is that you're sending electricity to your orbital medial prefrontal cortex, that watching our third eye part of your brain. And what's cool about that is, is that as our different pathways, as we use them, they become more myelinated. They become easier to access. So the more times you start to watch and notice you know, what's happening inside of you, the more easy it will be able to do that in times of stress or conflict. And then another takeaway from today might be that you talk to your partner about using responsible timeouts if this isn't something that you already do in your relationship. And how you might even present this is just like, hey, I noticed that when we're fighting, sometimes I can become really upset and angry and say things I don't mean or react in ways that aren't helpful. 
I want to start to notice when I'm going into that and I want to call a time out in order to take care of myself and in order to really protect our relationship. Would that be okay? Let's talk about how we're going to do that or what that's going to look like and also talk about, you know, when we'll check in with each other. And then another step might be for you to take a few minutes to start to notice and just reflect on various times where there's been something hard going on and how you personally tend to react. Because again, it's going to make it easier to catch it if we kind of know what our go-to reactions are. So again, for example, if you default toward perfectionism, I can definitely be like that black and white or all or nothing thinking, if you move into a more like hostile position, rageful, right? So just kind of noticing what are those things that I do that let me know, hey, I'm in my adaptive child protective part of myself. Again, I want to encourage you to seek therapy either individually or as a couple. Um, That can really help us to work with some of those wounded parts and can help us to slow things down, even in the context of the relationship to kind of determine what's happening and to help us practice more of this compassion. So just check in with yourself. How will you incorporate what you learned today? What are you, what are your takeaways from today? I want to remind you that you can find the show notes on jenalley.com. You can also find them wherever you are listening to this episode. Please be sure to follow me at jen.ally.therapist on Instagram. You also can check out my brand spanking new website at jenally.com. And I'd love for you to please share this episode with a friend. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can also tag me if you do share this episode and I'll be sure to share it on my Instagram stories. So thanks so much for listening today. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with me and also to work on yourself and on your relationships. I think that as we work on ourselves, we really get to not only change our own lives, but we get to change the world around us as we, you know, move into a place from operating more with our whole hearted selves, operating more from this functional adult part. Thanks so much. I appreciate you. Have a great day.